0: Nyata, hello. It's Allison here from a church in southwest Victoria called Sanctuary. Now, a while back, I was talking to someone who's experienced a lot of violence in her life. And to add insult to injury, she'd been told that unless she gives her life to Jesus, she will suffer eternal damnation and punishment when she dies. I can't believe in a God who makes me suffer like this, she said. And I can't believe in a God who will send me to hell because I can't believe in him. I looked at her and said, I can't believe in a God like that either. We don't often talk about hell here at Sanctuary, but every now and then I think it's useful to tackle it and to take away some residual fear. Because too many people, too many preachers in fact, seem to think that hell is God's last word on sin. And that sin is about following a bunch of rules. And so they set the rules and then they scare the crap out of people to make them all conform. Because who wants to go to hell? But I don't think it's like that. I don't think hell is God's last word on sin. And I don't think sin is about conforming to the rules. But if they're not these things, then... What are they about? Well, my short answer is this. Sin is about turning away from God and disrupting shalom. And hell is living with the consequences. So sin is what we do to our relationship with God and therefore flows through to our relationships with all things. While hell means emptiness and fracture. It means living out of sync with God and self and others and land. It means living in exile. And so my conversation partner has known sin and hell already because of the ways people around her have used violence and fear to disrupt Shalom and to turn her away from God. Her experience of hell is not what will happen after she dies, but the result of sin other people's sin, here and now. But is this hellish exile God's last word? Well, all of us know what it is to live in exile. We all know what it is to live a fractured life. We don't often align ourselves with God's Holy Spirit. And so we struggle to live in harmony with other people and with the land. This experience of rupture or exile it's part of the human condition. It's why some of our earliest stories are about ejection from Eden and rivalry between brothers. It's why one of our biggest stories is about exile from Israel. And it's why the biggest story of all for us is about the cross. Because through his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ reconciled all things. To paraphrase one of our prayers, we could not heal ourselves. We could not save ourselves. We could not align ourselves with God nor make ourselves whole. So God came down and did it for us. And there's nothing we can do to earn or change that. That this means that the last word on sin is not hell, but Christ For through Christ, God came to us to deal with sin once and for all. Through Christ, we are made right with God. Even so, we can choose whether or not to accept this, and that brings us back to hell. When Jesus talks about such things, he uses the image of a wedding banquet. All are invited, all are welcome, and yet many choose not to come. But this refusal is not the fault of the host or the venue or whether or not the invitations were nicely embossed on decalage card. It's simply that those who are invited say no. They choose to attend to other things. They choose to miss out. So in the language of the church, they live in exile from God. They live in hell. In Revelation, the last book of the Bible, we have some further last words on sin and hell. These words are addressed to a worshipping community which bears the pain of the world. And as we heard last week, this community is offered a vision of a holy city coming down like a bride to fill earth with heaven. This vision takes our desire for the perfect communion of the Garden of Eden. And marries it to the mess and reality of urban life. And so we have a garden city. We are shown a beautiful, flourishing tree-lined city, filled with life and colour and light. And the gates are always open. And there are people there from all nations. There are trees bearing good fruit and healing. And through it all runs the river of the water of life a crystal fountain pouring from God's throne. To this marriage of heaven and earth, all are invited, and the invitations have never stopped coming. Like the letters from Hogwarts to Harry, the decollage cards are flowing through the letterbox and pouring down the chimney and pattering against the window and sliding under the door. And we see these invitations in our yearning to belong, in our hunger for a bigger story, in our thirst for healing. And there's one in the hand of every person who asks us for a cup of cold water. The invitations are issued from the Spirit and the Bride. And what do they ultimately say? Come! And as we hear in Revelation chapter 22, everyone who hears joins their voices to the chorus, come, and everyone who is thirsty is invited to come and receive the water of life as a gift. This is the final image in the letter of invitation that we call Revelation. And so it's a final image of the Bible. And yet there are still some who, like Uncle Vernon, choose to seal up the letterbox and block the chimney and close tight the curtains and barricade the door. They deny their deep hunger, their woundedness, their thirst. They turn their back on the person in need. They reject, deny or destroy every invitation. And so they remain outside the city. And there, outside the city, writes John, we find all those who use and abuse and exploit other people, sorcerers and pornographers and murderers and idolaters, and all who love and practice falsehood. Yet this image comes after the so-called Last Judgment, when he describes the wicked being thrown into the lake of fire. So it seems that this judgment is not so final. For here they are again, alive and kicking, with another invitation, and another, and another. Because the gates are still wide open, they are still being invited in. And so we learn that the invitations keep on coming, and it's a final image in our scriptures. Our story says that even To the worst of the worst. The haters, the abusers, the school shooters. Those who've already accepted the invitation are singing with the Holy Spirit. Come in the gates, come worship the Lamb. Come and join us. They sing come to Jesus who's well on his way. And come to everyone who's outside the gate. And come to those who hesitate to trust God which is all of us. And there are no prerequisites, no forms in triplicate, no hurdles to jump. Just come. There is nothing you need to do or say or be. Simply come. You don't need to be worthy, you don't need to be good, and you can't be anyway. So only come. As the poet John writes, let everyone who is thirsty come. Let anyone who wants take the water of life as a gift, for the water is a free gift for everyone. So this is why hell is such a hot and dry place. Because it's not a place that God sends us, but the place we choose to stay when we've been invited somewhere more life-giving. It's the loneliness we know when we won't join the party, It's the hunger we feel when we reject the banquet. It's the thirst which racks us when we refuse to drink. It's the guilt which haunts us when we will not give even a cup of cold water to one of God's little ones. It's the emptiness which guts us when we trust in idols, whether wealth or a violent God. I know that some of you have been taught that there's one big question in life. What do I need to do to go to heaven? But I reckon that a much better question is this. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Are you rejected or wounded or hurting? Then hear once again the good news. Through Christ, God has dealt with sin once and for all and you are already reconciled with God. There's nothing you can do about it, you didn't earn it, and you can't change it. There's an invitation with your name on it, and another, and another, and another. And all you can do is respond with thanksgiving, and a full and wholehearted yes. So, are you thirsty? Then come dancing through the gates of the holy city, and join with the saints, and drink. For the word which brings life, thanks be to God. There's always more to read on our website at sanctuarybaptist.org. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters. And if you'd like to support the work of this little church, you can make a donation via PayPal. And you'll find the details for this on the website. This recording was made on the lands of the Warring peoples of the Eastern Mar Nation, a land taken by force and violence and never ceded. I pay my respects to elders past and present. This week bright red grevilleas are covered with fireworks and the honey-eaters are feasting. The peace of the land be with us all. Amen.